0: Well, good morning to everybody. Glad you're here this morning. And uh, some people have asked, uh, what is the state of the church? And I can tell you that we're averaging about 40% attendance of usual in the auditorium here. And uh, when you mix that with what we see online, it's about average attendance. And I am so pleased to tell you that our giving has actually remained uh, quite strong. And we've been able to not have to lay anybody off. And all the staff, if you're wondering, just because there's only 40% here, they're being very busy doing stuff like Zoom meetings to Mexico and parenting classes and all sorts of other connecting and Zoom classes and a whole bunch of other stuff, discipleship. They're very busy. And uh, so thank you for being so good at giving because I know it's not always that easy. I wanted to also mention, uh, just give an update again on the nominating committee, and the nominating committee has chosen three names to nominate for our uh, annual meeting at the end of October, the last Sunday night, and it's Corey Shartner, Dell Davis, and uh, Rick Friesen, and uh, so um, just to let you know, that fills just the slate, there's nobody else in there, but you as a member can with somebody else so uh, two members in good standing can nominate another name a man is where we're at right now as a church uh we feel that's what the bible teaches and uh you can nominate another person and uh it then comes to the nominating committee and we just make sure that they are members in good standing and stuff like that and then it goes on the to ballot too so just so you know that the nominating committee isn't trying to make the election a shoe-in uh, honestly, sometimes it's tough just to find people that want to be in leadership. Uh, as you know, even in our city, I think our last election, everybody got in by uh, no challenge, acclamation pretty much. But anyway, keep praying for our church, for the leadership. I think we've got an incredible elders board. Uh, they are so awesome. And if you think we are just all uh, never wrestle things through, we do. Uh, We sometimes get pretty uh, emotional even about stuff, but the truth is when we come out of there, we're together and it's been awesome. So just those kind of few things and let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. And uh, it's funny because today I'm gonna talk about new heaven and new earth, but as the team played that uh, older, I think 70s, worship song, oh, it rent my heart so well. I just want to thank you, God, that uh, we have a great foundation of the past and we have a great future to look forward to. And so, God, would you open up our hearts and help us to sort of shed ourselves of the the patterns of this world where we eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, where we build bigger barns, where we make bigger bank accounts, we get the, the next model line up, oh God, help clean and purify our hearts. And may we be members of the kingdom, the kingdom to come. In Jesus Christ's name I pray these things, amen. So a few observations since we've begun journeying through uh, We went through Hearing God, I think two different renditions of it already. And as I've seen us as a church go through Hearing God, I've I've seen anger, hurt, and bitterness be replaced with love, peace, and joy. In fact, if you read Galatians 5, you'll see the sins of the flesh, and you'll see the fruit of the Holy Spirit... And uh, by the way, it's a counseling technique I've often used when people come in and they're wondering, uh, you know, my soul just doesn't seem right, and I'll get them to read through the sins of the flesh and through the fruit of the Spirit, and we do a little bit of a checkup. And I do that once in a while for myself. So you just read through the sins of the flesh. You know, when you read malice and hate and anger and envy and all that kind of stuff, or you read love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Uh, you kind of get yourself and you go, okay, (laughs) I'm leaning a little more into my flesh, into my old man, my old nature, the old ways, and I need to lean more into you, Holy Spirit. So would you please help me to move forward and all that. Um, So I have seen a real transformation in me <laughs> since hearing God and you were probably thinking and most of you and I have seen that I've said that but what I've seen is a transformation in me but I'm gonna be honest I get a little tired of myself sometimes I get tired of the way I react I get tired of way my emotions can be up and down I get tired of how I react to COVID-19 I get tired of every time I read the news or, or watch the TV news or go on social media and I just go, oh, Revelation, come Lord Jesus, come. Because I just get tired of it all. And I know many years ago with that, when I prayed to receive Christ, my, my heart of stone it was replaced with a heart of flesh. I, I began to have a new nature. And I am in process now of growing and maturing in Jesus. But I long for that perfection day, and you will remember last Sunday as we read in 1 Corinthians 15, that I will at one point, unless Jesus returns, this body, this seed, will this tent, this wasting away thing, will be placed in the ground. And then when that trumpet blasts, it'll be all new. And I, friends, long for that. I, friends, really long for that. You may or may not know this, but when we talk about heaven, the Bible actually mentions heaven 500 times. Probably, oh, I I think it talks about money a little bit more than heaven. And you go, well, why does it talk about money? Because that tends to be the, the heart string that reveals what we're really like. And, and 500 times the scriptures talk about heaven. And, and, and so just, just that fact alone, I ask you a question. How many times do you think about heaven? Is heaven even on your radar? Well, yeah, I know you have somebody that died and you think about heaven, or you're going through a medical problem and you think about heaven, but do you really actually think about heaven? And I would argue, does your life reflect your reflections that this is not our world? This is not our home. Does your bank account, if we were to look through the spending and the receiving, does it reflect that you think about heaven at all? Please notice that a new heaven and earth that is coming will require destruction. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation 21. We're going to go through 21 and a little bit of 22, so lots of Scripture. And at this point in Revelation 21.1, Jesus has already received his church. The dead in Christ have risen. We talked about that last Sunday. And the tribulation is over, those seven years of great turmoil in the earth. The great white throne judgment is over. In other words, all the Christians have been led before and, you know, here's, yeah, you're saved. Uh, Oh, well, you know, here's your rewards. Here's not your rewards. That's over. And Satan, the false prophet, and unbelievers are now in the lake of fire. In fact, this text mentions that. Heaven and earth as we know it has passed away. So listen to the text as it kind of unfolds a little bit of this. Verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. By the way, this is really abstract thinking. And we're really concrete people. And it's interesting. I've said this over and over again. I know people that have had near-death experiences, car accident, health, whatever it is. I'm going to change my life. And then within two years, nothing's changed. It's because how we live and what we do is really abstract. There's kind of a foundation. (coughs) Sorry, allergies, not COVID-19. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. In other words, this is heaven, what is right now coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. This is Garden of Eden, reinvented. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. We're talking a in-person, face-to-face intimacy. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, oh amen, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write down this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Oh, I loved in the pre-service talk as Sharon was sharing about how the early Christians Uh, or even, she was talking about Narnia, that's what she's talking about, how Narnia was kind of a representation of what earth is and what earth is, just this poor reflection. And even as you read in the scriptures, even the temple in Jerusalem is kind of a mere copy of the temple in heaven. And it's just like a fading, rusting, decaying reflection. And what you have here is nothing the happiest moment you ever have, the beautifulest scenery you've ever seen, the nicest person you've ever experienced, the the nicest person that you have been. You need to understand that when we are in the seed and we go up to glory, when the holy city comes down onto the earth, it is a new thing. Something incredible is happening. And friends, the old has to pass away. The old has to be destroyed. The old has to be taken away. This isn't a renovation this is all things new. I like cars, and I really like classic cars, and a couple of years ago I had the privilege to buy an old convertible, and uh, if you think it's something special, it's a Porsche. Uh, it, it is uh, not old enough to be worth much, and it's so old it breaks down all the time, and it's been a, I guess a stress relief because I'm always fixing it. And uh, this year, I had to put a clutch in and some seals, and last year, I had to fix some reservoir leaks, and it, it's just an old rickety thing, but, and then I go out and drive, it and I go, this is so beautiful, it's so nice, and it purrs so beautifully and great, and then I get off the seat and see that it's all ripped and the foam's coming out, and I think, well, yeah, I've got to fix that, too, that's it, and I see there's a little rust spot on the front that's starting to bubble up on the paint, and yeah i need to fix that too and i strive so hard to have what was i try I strive so hard to make this world which is decaying and being destroyed it it is like crumbling in and of itself and friends we need to understand the new heaven and the new earth will be nothing from what this earth is oh we'll be eating there's a beautiful banquet a, a banquet of the bride and the groom And we're going to be able to eat and there'll be no more hunger because there's going to be lots of food and there's always going to be housing. It's going to be beautiful. But we strive so hard for what is and what was. I even said to my wife a week ago, I I miss my safe places. You know, the places I used to be able to go to, I I woke up this morning at 5 a.m. I dreamt about my mom and her house. And it was a safe place for me and you know she passed away a few years ago and we've sold her house and I said I miss those old safe places. But interesting, <laughs> my mom passed away and her house is sold and one day it'll be torn down. I read a story in the news this morning of a, a castle that was built in the mountains in the States by 1905, I think it was. And the guy started building it. He was very wealthy industrialist and he had started construction. It was going to be a beautiful grand castle. even brought people from Europe Uh, stone cutters to do it just perfectly. In 1906, he died in a car accident. First car accident actually ever recorded. And needless to say, his children did follow his dream and they built the castle and then they went bankrupt and it got sold and it became a hotel and then it burnt down and all that's left is this empty shell. And I think to myself, golden rust, decay. The scriptures... The Apostle Paul described my body as like a tent. And to the Israelites, that was incredible because they they didn't have a permanent home for their temple, so the Ark of the Covenant would just go with them in a tent wandering around. And the tents were always, I was over in the Middle East and I saw some of the UN camps and a lot of the people are living in tents and one camp was about three or four years old and the tents were falling apart. The weather had just eaten them away. You see, whether we want to or not, everything we know and everything we have Is wearing out but one day there's gonna be a beautiful new thing coming along so let me ask you and this is going to be really opinionated this is for the guys especially some girls are really into this too would you rather rebuild an old classic car and drive it around or in my case I have this old 2001 Porsche Boxer by the way it was a bottom feeder car the cheapest one they ever made Or would you rather have a brand new Porsche Boxster? Somebody in the church has a brand new one, I've seen it. And I can tell you which one I'd rather have. Mine breaks down all the time. In fact, I thought of taking on a little bit of a trip this summer, COVID kind of stopped that. But I have to admit, I was a little nervous. I was worried it would break down on the way. Because it's getting old, the metal's old, the brakes are old, the tires are old, everything's old, the seats are falling apart. But this new boxer of a guy in the church, oh, does it ever look nice? And his is even three or four years old now. The newer ones are even more and more technology and more stuff. And I'm a techie, and I always get the newest phones and the newest watches, but I have this thing. They always wear out. They always get old. They eventually are used for boat anchors. Again, please notice. A new heaven and earth will require... Not only a tearing down of the old stuff, but a purification even of people. Verse 6 goes on to say, he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty. I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Remember we got put out of the Garden of Eden? There was some things we could no longer have anymore. We couldn't eat from the true tree of life or... Drink from this beautiful spring. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, and this is where it gets really kind of in our sort of uh, left-leaning, love-everybody kind of society. Nobody's guilty of anything. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And so if he didn't know that, as Scripture teaches, we die once and then face judgment. And then after the great white throne judgment, and after uh, all the non-Christians are kinda looked at, and they don't pass the first test of receiving and believing in Jesus, and so the scripture says they go into this lake of fire. Now, according to this context, uh, I will tell you it looks like uh, they just burn up, they're no more, they don't happen anymore, Uh, they're not burning for eternity in some denominations and people believe that, Uh, but if you're ever curious about this, go to Gospel Coalition and search Uh, for eternal punishment in hell. And you'll find a beautiful article, and I have the link for it. And it kind of argues that no, they go into this lake of fire and they kind of get to experience well, the old traditional thing. Lots of hot flames and suffering. And I want to say to you as I read that text, if it makes you mad, if it does not seem fair, remember everything that is evil and bad needs to be taken out. It's like a purification process it's like refining gold it's like it's like anything you can imagine it's like <laughs> I had a couple in my last church they inherited the family farm it was a big old Timothy Eaton house two story thing and I remember when Tom took me through as a tour in it Oh, man, it had high ceilings and those big high doors with the, the great big oak frames around them. It was gorgeous with big... It was so incredible and so nice. And I said, wow, did this take you a while? And he goes, yeah, it took me about eight years. And I said, did it cost lots of money? He goes, you can't imagine. And I, I said, would you do it again? And he goes, no. I said, what, it's a family farm. But he said, I spent as much money on this house as it cost to build a brand new one this size. And in the end, I still have an old house. And you might be going, oh, but the history, the legacy. But he said, in the end, I still have an old house. You see, when God creates a new heaven and a new earth, there's going to be a great cleansing and purging and, and renewal going on. And what we have, this imperfections in this earth. Uh, you know, and I can even picture down to the molecule, whether it's a virus or whether it's a, a rust or whatever it might be. It Just everything needs to be kind of thrown back into the creation order and kind of mixed together and re- remade and remade new. And even people, the text says... Even the people that refuse to follow Jesus, the ones that are in their heart rebellious for eternity, (laughs) they're going to be no more. And I just want to say to you, if this makes you mad, I just want to say, well, maybe you need to start telling people about Jesus more. And honestly, when I look at my own life, when I'm not sharing Jesus... It's often because there's not much going on with me and Jesus. Oh, you remember a few, I think it was two months ago, I, I mentioned this, uh, uh, I think it's an essential oil cream that somebody gave me after my motorbike crash, and it was the only thing that I'd taken. Painkillers wouldn't take the pain away. Massages wouldn't take the pain away. Sleep wouldn't. This stuff actually gave me 10 minutes of relief. And I can tell you, I became a salesman for this crazy cream. It was $47, a little tube of it. But you know, I've had at least eight people in the church go, what's the name of that stuff again? Because we're looking for answers, right? And if you are finding change, if you're finding, and and I've shared with you how just a few months ago I was healed of claustrophobia in the Lord. And every time I think about that, it brings tears to my eyes. And I go, oh God, I'm so glad to be renewed, to change, to be healed, But I know until my seed goes in the ground, until everything is absolutely purified, until that trumpet blows, until the glorious heavenly kingdom comes down to the new heaven and new earth, that this is, you can restore it, you can try to rebuild it, you can try to make it the best you can. But this isn't a place where we live. We have this habit of trying to stay in the past but in the end we just end up with an old house or an old car and we get old and our dreams die. Finally point number three the new heaven and earth will be your best earth location. Think about Think about the place where you've just sat there and went, "That's is unbelievable. uh, My daughter just posted a picture. They were biking on a side of a mountain, and it was looking down at the ocean, and there was a a sunset kind of thing, and I went, wow, that must have been glorious. Think about that best thought you can think of, or or like I said, the nicest person you've ever met. The new heaven and new earth is going to be that better it's gonna be perfected, it's going to be brand new, it's gonna be like opening up that new Android phone or Apple phone, it's gonna be like, you know, those smells you smell when you crack open your brand new Ford F-350 diesel pickup truck. See, I said something nice today about a Ford. Listen to Revelation 21.19 as it goes on. This is gonna be a really long talk, but this is gonna be the new stuff. This is going to be the, you know, just cracking open the package stuff. This is going to be the most beautiful scenery in sight you could ever imagine. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of seven last plagues came and said to me, you have to read earlier on to get all the plagues that have been going on. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb, and he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God now i actually went on the internet i went i even i even got, I, I i shouldn't say this that i went really low but i i looked on like every kind of social media thing i could and tried to find some rendition of an artist and after reading this text every picture every scene i saw every Rendition. I, I just said, I, I can't show anything because they, they just don't do the service. But, but listen, it is shone with the glory of God. And its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. Can you picture that? I mean, we who have no idea, this is such a... Abstract thought to us. I mean, when it was the last time you saw angels with wings? Now, I know people that have had visions of them, but I've never had a vision like that. But 12 angels at the gate. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east and three on the north, three on the south and three on the west. Now, for those of you that aren't into details, your eyes are starting to gloss over, but hang in there. The wall of the city had 12 foundations. And on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold. A measuring rod of gold. Like even tools, even simple things like that that you measure with. They're made out of gold. To measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 in length. And as wide and high as it is long. Now, doesn't matter what that is. It was really big. The angel measured the wall using human measurement, and it was about 144 cubic sick. The wall was made of jasper, and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, and the third agate, the fourth emerald, The fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, and the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, and the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are are its temple." The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will the gates ever be shut, for there'll be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will, for a guy that's a little bit afraid of the dark, I I used to get claustrophobic with that. By the way, I don't anymore, that's kind of interesting. But I love this idea, there'll be no more night. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Did you hear that? Nothing impure will ever enter it. Not one person, not one rusty old Porsche car, not one Ford F-350, because they all wear out, don't they? You have a Ford F-350, you think they last forever, but they don't. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They have gone into the ground, and they've been reborn, and they are now perfect. They have perfect decisions, perfect thoughts, a perfect body. Moving on to the next chapter. Then the angel showed me in Revelation 22 the river of life, the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great city of the street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops. Of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. This really is starting to sound a lot like the Garden of Eden. I mean, even our seasons seem to be messed up because of sin. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. Amen. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Just remember, friends, we're gonna have a new body. And in Revelation 19, we read about this wedding feast. Where they're just eating and enjoying themselves and there's no more weeping and crying and hunger in heaven. Because it's so complete and perfect. We will have all, we will all have food. Our souls will always be satisfied. But as I started out, this abstract thought of heaven, <laughs> sometimes when I just get really frustrated with the old nature that seems to haunt me more than I like to admit. And the old nature doesn't come out often until there's a thing that comes about that I have never experienced before. And I can remember, I used to have this little bit of an anger problem when I was a teenager, and I remember coming to the cross, I remember having that all dealt with, and then I got married. And it didn't take, I think, a couple of weeks until that anger came out towards my wife. Now don't get me wrong, I never hit her, never yelled at her, but I certainly was angry, and I wasn't very nice. And so it took me a year or two of being married, and I started treating her like the queen she is, and then I had kids. And I learned again how to be patient. I can remember the one day, my one-and-a-half-year-old son, I was working on my homework to become a pastor. So this makes it even worse. And he came running up to me, and he jumped on me, and he knocked the wind out of me, hit me so hard. And I remember just pushing him off me. And in my mind's eye, and this is what I remember, I see him tumbling across the floor. He didn't get hurt. But I remember saying, God, I'm never, ever going to do that again, and I haven't. And I didn't. And I overcame that. And then I had grandchildren. And friends, I long for heaven. I long for being in glory. Heaven will be wonderful. This morning I caught the headline of an article from Miley Cyrus. She explained she would, not only, she would now only date a guy who takes care of his body. No Burger King, she said. And you're wondering, why are you reading about Meyer Lee Cyrus? Well, if you remember back about, oh, I think she's 28 now. So it'd be about 16 years ago. Her and Billy Ray Cyrus, they actually did a lot of Christian talk. I'm not going to say whether they were Christians or not, because I know both of their lives have kind of come unglued. And life does that often to people. But I kind of follow the Cyruses because I'm kind of hoping that she'll worry not just about her body, although the way she lives and the pictures she takes, I'm pretty sure she's not taking care of her soul. And I long for that day when the new heaven and earth will come. I really believe probably the thing I neglect the most And the thing that I probably should put most effort into is my spirit. And the truth is, when it comes to my body, I'm not going to stop it. The decay is coming. The Antichrist, by the way, is coming too, and we're not going to stop that. The scriptures say that. I also know I can't stop rust. And I know wood rots, and I know shingles need replaced. I know my walls need painted. And my sheets need replaced. But friends, there's going to be a day when we are going to be in glory. This world is not our home. It's running down. The body is a tent that's wearing out. I long for the brand new. I tire of the battle. Romans 7.19 puts it, really kind of describes my feeling for, I do not do... The good I want to do but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you longing for the new you or are you just trying to fix up what is? Are you longing for the new heaven and earth? Is it reflected in how you live and how you spend and? Sharing the gospel with your friends. And for the end of the service, I just want you to close your eyes, and I'm just going to read some scriptures. And I want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to soak this up really hard. I- I'm praying that each one of us, when we walk out of here, we're going to be giving our hearts a kind of makeover. So close your eyes. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that? I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. We have a priceless inheritance, (coughs) an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Jesus had been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, be, for the coming of the Lord is near. And finally, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Heaven is such an abstract thought. We have words to describe. We have artists that have even uh, painted or drawn pictures of this glory to come. But honestly, God, we are so (laughs) touch, taste, and feel this is all we actually physically know and for some of us abstract thinking it's really hard for us to get our minds there holy spirit would you give us the ability right now to see what will be and give us eyes to see what is the rust and the decay and it isn't that i'm going to become a so heavenly minded i'm no earthly good god but but we need to be heavenly minded. I need my heart purified and changed. I, I long for that glorious day in glory. And that should give us hope for the here and now. For what will come will be so incredible. And so Father, would you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that need to change. And this God is gonna be an act of our will that we choose. And our emotions are going to come along kicking and screaming, but oh God, would you work in us a new work, a powerful work. And God, may we bring a little bit of heaven here on earth because we're thinking about heaven so much. May it transform how we talk to those around us, how we treat those around us, how we behave with those around us, and let us be instruments and agents of love. Instruments and agents of righteousness. Let us do such good amongst unbelievers <laughs> that they're going to see Jesus. Let you be the stumbling block, the cornerstone, and not me. <laughs> Work in us anew and afresh. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me. I'm going to read the benediction, and uh, just in case you need it, if the Lord touched you, we always have people down here that are willing to pray with you. And uh, so if you have like uh, uh, an illness, a fear, something that's just, you have something like claustrophobia, you just need some change in your heart, because uh, even though these tents are wearing out, God will often touch us just to carry on in the journey. And so don't be afraid to come down and ask for prayer for yourself, or somebody else. Maybe you're out of work and you just need somebody to pray about it. Uh, because yeah, we can think about what's going to come, but we have to eat here right now, right? 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, may he sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body Be kept blameless. Oh, here it comes. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen? Amen. Go in peace.